Coming up on today's episode, the Miami Dolphins win again and again and again. Listen, I'm not going to say it six times, but six wins in a row for yours truly. The Miami Dolphins are back in the playoff hunt. Could you believe it? Seven and seven? I mean, did we just turn things around from a one and seven season to a seven and seven season? And we're about to play primetime on Monday night? Ooh, we got a lot to talk about on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to break down the Jets game. I'm going to look ahead at Monday night, let you know our playoff scenarios, see how we're looking, give you guys my opinion, whole bunch of Dolphins stuff like always to get to, then shifting things on over to the NFL predictions as always, then wrapping it up like we always do with Miami Heat basketball talk. All that coming up right here on the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast, episode 49, and I am in a absolute great freaking mood, just like I'm sure all of you Dolphin fans are, as our Miami Dolphins have now won six straight games, seven and seven. This Miami Dolphins team continues to just surprise me, amaze me, even with the win against the Jets. It doesn't matter. All these people are trying to, like, just put you down saying, oh, who have the Dolphins played? Who? Uh, oh, you know, you guys beat the Jets. You guys beat the Texans. So freaking what? Any damn win is a good win in the NFL. These teams compete. These teams compete hard. It's hard to beat teams in the NFL. Look at, look at earlier in the season. We lost to Jacksonville. We lost to the Falcons. Look at all these good teams losing to bad teams. Like, things like that happen. Credit to the Miami Dolphins. Credit to you guys listening to this podcast. Credit to the season ticket holders. Credit to Brian Flores. Listen, the list goes on and on and on. But one thing that stays consistent is your loyalty to this Dolphins team. My podcast, every damn week. The good, the bad, the ugly. Win, lose, draw, tie, whatever it is. I got you here every Tuesday. And you know damn right that I love this damn team. It's a great time to be a Dolphin fan. And that's just crazy, crazy, crazy to even think about. I mean, you were talking about this team at 1-7. and seven. I talk about this with you guys. You guys could throw it back, listen to my podcast. I was upset when we were in that slump. I mean, seven losses in a row. We're talking losses to the Raiders when we're up 14. We're talking a loss to Jacksonville, who freaking sucks. A loss to the Falcons, who I think sucks as well. We're at home. We got to it back in that game. They were just gut-wrenching losses, like stomach punch after stomach punch. But hey, credit to the Dolphins. Credit to Brian Flores. Credit to everybody. Everybody. All three phases I'm talking about. For turning this around, and now they're sitting at seven and seven, six straight wins. Like, this is unbelievable. So, obviously, those of you guys, you know what happened on Sunday. We took on the New York Jets, who came out to play, honestly. It was, it was pretty crazy to begin that game. The Jets, like, they were doing all this trickery stuff. I'm talking about, you know, lining up with two running backs doing a couple of flea flickers, a couple of jet sweeps. You saw Berrios get involved early. You know, Zach Wilson was extending plays, and I was like, uh-oh. Well, first of all, let me tell you this. I woke up Sunday morning, first of all. You, know, you guys know. I was confident all week about this matchup. I say it's Jets week. We're going to kick their ass. You know, I respect the Jets, not, you know, more than a lot of Dolphin fans do, but 
we're going to kick their ass. Like, this game means a lot. We're coming off a bye week. We're at home. Like, let's get it. You know what I mean? Like, we know what's at stake, and that's the playoffs. And then I woke up Sunday morning, and I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm starting to have a weird feeling about this game. Like, I had that nervousness feeling. And I'm like, usually when I have that feeling, things don't go well. So right away when the Jets took that 7 nothing lead and then they were up, what was it, 17-7, to I was like, great, great. I knew this was going to happen. But then I'm like, are we going to just let this happen? Like, this is an early surge by the Jets. Plenty of time to turn things around. I'm like, this Dolphins team's got to figure it out. They got to turn things around. But that didn't happen the whole first half. Honestly, that whole first half was a complete joke. Like, we got outplayed, outcoached, you name it. I mean, Zach Wilson, he had an okay game. No touchdowns, no interceptions, did lose a fumble. He finished 13 for 23 with 170 yards. Tevin Coleman on their rushing attack had eight carries for 50. Jamison Crowder on the receiving end, five catches for 40 yards. Their two tight ends, Griffin and Croft, both caught two receptions for over 30 yards. But those were big, big plays, if you guys remember. Also, Berrios had a touchdown, caught one catch for 26, rushed two for 10 and the touchdown. They were just doing all of these nagging little things that were just getting to us, and we were playing sloppy. We're talking about missed tackles, missed opportunity for sacks. The list goes on and on. The Dolphins were completely outcoached throughout that first half. But then, where you make your money? Where do you make your money? Where do you find out if you're a good team? The second half, you got to answer right away. And credit to the Miami Dolphins. That's when they turned it the hell up, and they, they never looked back from there. I mean, the, at the end of the game, of course, it was tough. It, it was back and forth in that fourth quarter before Devontae Parker ended up sealing the deal with a touchdown of his own and securing that W for the Dolphins. But let's talk about the stats. Tua Tagovailoa, 16 for 27, 196 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. I'm going to tell you right now, you guys know I'm a big Tua guy. I did not like the way he played at all. I mean, you're going up against the Jets. You're coming off a bye week. You're at home. You know what's at stake. Tua, you got to play better, okay? I mean, at the end of the day, he didn't hurt us because he made up for it like he always does. So he came back, delivered the touchdown to Parker. Obviously, he had the other touchdown to Christian Wilkins, which we'll talk about. So he played okay. But when it comes to the expectations that I have for Tua and the way I hype this man up and you know what's at stake and the playoffs and all this stuff, I expected him to throw for 250 or more. And one turnover. Like, one turnover, one interception I'm okay with. When you double up on interceptions, that goes against everything that I've defended you for. But I got I to gotta be honest. I got to be honest. I think Tua could have played better. And, but, hey, we got the win. That's most important. Another thing, Duke Johnson. My goodness. That dude was running crazy out there. 22 carries, 107 yards, two touchdowns. How about that? I mean, you guys know I've been saying, like, Dolphins, run the fucking ball. Run the ball 20 times. Run it 25 times. Please, like, be this run-and-gun team. And the Dolphins don't do that. So you got to understand, when I was seeing that, I was just happy as hell. Just, like, finally seeing this team established like that physical presence just running and he was running hard man I don't know if that's sustainable or not you know Duke Johnson is more of like a third down back guy like a guy that catches passes out of the backfield he's never really been this guy since like his Miami Hurricanes days but if we found something there and he can help us or just double up on this performance like next week against the Saints that would be big time but we'll see 
Miles Gaskin also chimed in, 10 carries for 54 yards. One of those runs was a 30-yard run. So before that, you're talking about nine carries for 24 yards. He was kind of slow, maybe because he had the COVID issue. You know, he missed all the time away throughout the week. But Miles Gaskin, he said, hey, don't forget about me. I'm here. (laughs) So he chimed in a little bit. But nonetheless, I like to see that. I mean, you're talking about 32 carries from your top two running backs. Love it. Love it. Establishing the run game. But that's also crazy to me because you you look at me before the game, you tell me, yo, Duke Johnson's going to run for 107 and Miles Gaskin's going to run for 54. You're basically going to have over 150 yards rushing. What do you think Tua's stats are going to be? I'm like, what? You giving Tua a run game to fall back on? Oh, Tua going for 250-300. And that's what I'm talking about when I feel like Tua really had a chance to have this huge, huge game and didn't do so. But hey, I'm still happy with the damn win. Talk about another guy. How about Devontae Parker, ladies and gentlemen? Four catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Love Devontae Parker. This man always finds a way to show up, especially against the Jets. I don't know what it is, but when he plays these Jets, Devontae Parker flips up a damn switch and he goes the hell off. He is a man on a mission out there. I love to see it. You know, I'm a big Devontae Parker guy. I know a lot of fans aren't, but I'm sure as hell you guys were cheering on about that. Actually, you know what? This might be a good time to give a little shout out to my uncle who was at the game. So my uncle's the one that got me into Dolphins football. He made me a Dolphin fan. He was sitting at the 50-yard line. And shout out to him. And shout out to my family because when I went to the game, the Dolphins won throughout this winning streak. And then when he went to a Dolphins game, the Dolphins won again. So, hey, maybe my family's good luck. Shout out to my uncle right there. But he's one of, a, he's one of them that is, is out on Devontae Parker because he's unreliable. And shout out to you. Ralph, because I know damn right when you was at that game and he caught that touchdown, your ass was up and cheering. But I'm going to leave it there. I know you're listening to this. Um, let's talk about Isaiah Ford, though. Three receptions, 51 yards. He got busy out there. I like to see it. Like, that's a guy that's just, he's just there. Like, he's available. Like, find me. I'll get you a first down here and there. I love to see that. Mike Kosicki, five receptions, 43 yards on eight targets. Kind of a slow game. But I feel like Gesicki was really making these timely catches right when you needed them, constantly moving the chains and just being that reliable target. He could have had a better game, but nonetheless, they got the job done. Love to see that. Also, Dolphins on the defensive end. Emmanuel Agua with a fumble reception. He got busy out there. I like what I saw from Jalen Phillips. I like what I saw from Christian Wilkins. He had a tackle for a loss. Jerome Baker, he had two sacks, I believe and uh, two tackles for a loss. I mean, the defense got busy out there. It took them a while, but they really, really started to turn it up. You know, credit to the Jets for putting up a great fight. I know a lot of you guys hate the Jets. Obviously, they're a division rival, but they put up a good fight, honestly, and I think they're on the right direction when it comes to building a team. Obviously, they had a lot of holes. They had injuries with their left tackle. You know, they had Carl Lawson, their man in the front. He was also out. They were out with Corey Davis. He wasn't there. I feel like this Jets team is, is going to be, they're cooking up with something. Like, it's taking some time, but it's a rebuild. Like, none of these things are going to happen overnight or in the course of a season. But I think they have something there. And I'm not, too, I'm not too much of a guy that feels like Wilson is a bust. I know a lot of people out there think he is. But I, I think he's got some tools. I saw some great things out of him throughout this game. Little things, though. Little things. But 
I, I can see the determination and I can see the tools. Like he has these tools. They just got to put the right people around them. I don't know if it's the coordinators, the team, but I think there's something there for sure. So shout out to the Jets. They put up a great fight, but Dolphins took care of business. Seven and seven now. Six straight fucking wins, man. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, man. And that place was rocking. Rocking. Hard Rock Stadium was rocking. So shout out to all of you guys that were in attendance for that game. And that sets us up for Monday Night Football. Sitting at seven and seven. Taking on the New Orleans Saints. This is in New Orleans. This is a primetime game. Like, I'm excited as hell for this. I know you Dolphin fans have been waiting for a primetime game. And this is different because it's not that typical Thursday night game that no one cares about. Like, this is the Monday night slate on ESPN where the whole world is going to be watching this hot Miami Dolphins team taking on this Saints team. So, like, the, the way that goes now, so we're playing for the playoffs, obviously. And at the moment I'm looking at this, the five, six, and seven seeds are all tied at eight and six. We're on the outside looking in. We're seven and seven. So we're pretty much one game out of this, which means every single game is important. Those of you guys who don't know, I'm sure you know, we finish the season here Monday in New Orleans. Then we take on Tennessee on the road and we close it out in the last week of the season at home against the New England Patriots. I think it's going to come down to that game, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. You guys know how I feel about it. I think we do end up you know, winning against the Saints. I think we lose against the Titans and probably win that last game against the Patriots. Whether that's enough to go into the playoffs at 9-8, and eight, we'll see. Uh, we'll definitely see if, that, if that's how it goes. But time to focus on, the, on this game right here. One game at a time. One game at a time. Now, the New Orleans Saints just picked up a big win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, they won 9-0. to zero. They look sloppy when it comes to offense. But their defense is good. And they have a front that can get to the freaking quarterback. So I am just praying for Tua, praying that our offensive line plays another solid game because, hey, they played a solid one against the Jets. So hopefully they could double up and be ready because we're going to need them. This is going to be a tough, tough game to win. Uh, Only guy that scares me on offense is obviously Alvin Kamara, but he can be stopped. I mean, if we do what we did kind of like to Christian McCaffrey, I I like our chances there. You know, just don't let this guy beat you. Let everybody else beat you. Let Taysom Hill beat you passing the ball. I don't think he can do that. And, you know, having Xavier Howard and Byron Jones out there, I love, love that game plan. So, you know, am I scared about the Saints? No. Only thing that worries me is that pass rush. But other than that, I mean, this Dolphins team. Six in a row. You guys seen it. Offense, defense, everybody working together. Tua had a bad game. Best believe he's about to go off now. And everybody knows about Chris Sims and the comments he made about Tua versus Taysom Hill and all this disrespect. You think this Dolphins team isn't going to get up for this game? (laughs) We're already playing for the playoffs, so we're motivated as hell. Now you got this clown over here saying that this quarterback is better than Tua. More fuel to the fire, baby. I love our chances here. Absolutely love our chances. Tua's a likable guy. Like, regardless of the way things have been going down with the rumors about Watson and all this stuff, everybody in that locker room, I'm sure, loves Tua. Everybody's going to play for Tua here. Tua's going to have a big bounce-back game because bounce-back, I mean, he didn't have a good game against the Jets. So I expect Tua to just dial it up. He's going to look at film, study, 
you know, fix those mistakes that he made, learn from them, and just come out slinging that thing on Monday night. Primetime television, oof, I'm ready for this game. I'm ready for this game. Now, keys to victory. I think Mike Kosicki is going to be the guy. I think Kosicki and Waddle, you're going to have them both out there. I think those are going to be the guys that are going to save you and probably help you win this game. And then, obviously, the offensive line is probably the biggest X factor of it all. On defense, pretty much just containing Alvin Kamara. Like I said, you contain that man. Let the others beat you. Let this guy throw the ball. Xavier is definitely going to take advantage of an opportunity. I love our chances, man. I love our chances. So for this score prediction, I'm going to say Monday Night Football, the Miami Dolphins win 21-7. to Book it right there. Move on to 8-7. and Fighting for this playoff spot. Hopefully the teams that we need to lose, lose. And let's make a run for this shit, man. Like, let's show everybody on national television what we're about. Like, have those people see what we've been seeing throughout this winning streak it's time to show up on national television go dolphins go Tua, ball the hell out let's go eight and seven i believe dolphin fans and so should you all right so i hope you guys really really did enjoy that dolphin segment always always love Talking to those loyal Finns fans out there. But we're going to keep it going with NFL. We're staying with the topic like we always do. Shifting on to week 16 of the NFL season. And that is with NFL predictions. All right. So Christmas week is here, everybody. And we got some football this weekend. We got pretty much football Today, even, we got football Thursday, we got football Saturday and Sunday. And unfortunately, with my picks, because a lot of these games got postponed, because we got a game here at 5 o'clock on Monday, another one Monday night, another one today, two games tonight, actually. So the predictions, I mean, well, my record here went out of whack. So I give you guys, I'm going to give you guys what happened so far. So the record I'm about to give you guys is not counting the result of the Cleveland Browns game against the Raiders, not counting the Eagles game against Washington, not counting the Rams against the Seahawks, and not counting Minnesota against Chicago, as I'm recording this right before this Browns and Raiders game is about to kick off, which I'm excited to watch. So if you guys want to know my picks, uh, just to reiterate here, I did pick Cleveland straight up, and then I picked Las Vegas getting six points because that's the line that was given at the beginning, so that's what I go with here on the podcast. Also took Philly straight up, but then I took Washington getting five points, and I took the Rams, and then I also took the Rams minus seven against Seattle. Then I took Minnesota, Monday Night Football, picked them to win, and I also picked them laying three and a half points. So when those results end, I'll be sure to tally it onto the overall record, but this is what I got so far. So following this past weekend, before any Monday games kick off, I went 7-5 and five with the straight-up picks and 6-6 six and six against the spread. To me, that ain't bad. I mean, I broke even with the spread. 6-6, six and six, it's, it's better. That's already tough enough to do. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. So now the overall record goes to 51-32 and 32 with the straight picks and 39-46 to 46 against the spread. Still room for improvement. Hopefully, these games that I just mentioned go my way, but... 
let's let's keep things rolling. Let's keep things rolling. And that starts with week 16 of the NFL season. Game one of that week is on my birthday, Thursday, December 23rd, where you have the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Tennessee Titans. 49ers, 8-6. and six. Tennessee, 9-5. and five. Niners are favored by three and a half points here, ladies and gentlemen. I am taking the 49ers to win this game. And I'm going to say Tennessee covers the three and a half. I think this is going to be a three-point game. Part of the reason I say that is because Tennessee's coming off a loss. I trust a good team coming off a loss at home to put up a good fight. And usually if you lose that game, I I like them getting three and a half. Maybe they lose by three or win the game. So Niners straight up and Tennessee getting the three points. Off to Saturday, Christmas Day. I know the NBA is going to be pissed off that they have the a couple NFL games and NBA games at the same time. You know the NFL always gets more viewers, so I'm sure the NBA isn't too happy about that. But prediction time. Cleveland Browns taking on the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay's 11-3, ladies and gentlemen, and they're playing at Lambeau Field. They're favored by eight points in this game. Rodgers looks freaking great. I mean, that team is going to be a tough, tough out. I can't wait for the damn playoffs, man. Seeing all these good teams, Green Bay is really impressive. I'm not even going to lie. I like them in this game, of course. But getting eight points, will Baker play or not? I think he will. Give me Cleveland getting eight, but give me Green Bay straight up. Next game on that Saturday night, Indianapolis Colts at eight and six, who just picked up a big win against the New England Patriots. Pretty much shocking everybody. I mean, it sure as hell shocked me. I didn't expect that at all. And Mac Jones coming off the bye week looked bad. I don't know if, the, you know, the week before he barely threw the ball against the Bills. So maybe a little rust there. But, hey, credit to the Colts. I mean, they did what they, got to, they had to do. And they're sitting at 8-6. and six. They're taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona's 10-4. and four. They're favored by one point here. See, the thing with Arizona, they just lost to the freaking Lions. And... What's crazy is I feel like it's the same old story with these Cardinals. I don't know about how you guys feel, but just watching these Arizona Cardinals throughout the year since Kyler Murray, it's like a team that just gets so damn hot in October and, and you know, September, October, November, and then comes like that December, January where you kind of got to finish strong and they just, they just look, they fall off. I mean, there's no way you can sit there, watch how they played, the last two weeks, and say, that's a Super Bowl contender. But you scratch off those other two, those two weeks, right? And you look at the beginning of the season, you're like, Arizona's no joke. Crazy how the NFL works, right? Listen, I'm picking them to bounce back. I mean, you lost two in a row. You're at home. You got to bounce back and win this game. I'm taking the Cardinals and Cardinals laying the one point. I'm confident in that. If not, just wow. <laughs> wow. That's all I would have to say. Now we move on to Sunday, December 26th, game one on the board. The Detroit Lions at 2-11-1 after a big win like I just talked about against the Cardinals. They're taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta 6-8, which is surprising as hell to me because I think Atlanta sucks. And I look at that damn record and they got six wins. Like, how the hell did you guys pull out six wins? I know one was against the Dolphins, but crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Right now, I got no spread on this game, which is weird. I don't know if it's going to be a pick 'em or not. So I'm going to pick the Falcons to win this game. And, 
you know, lay in the points, whatever the points come out to or open up with, I'm rolling with that. Next, Baltimore Ravens, 8-6, and six, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals at 8-6. and six. Division rival game. This is pretty much for first place in the division. Huge game. This game is in Cincinnati. Ravens coming off the loss. Bengals coming off a win, but an ugly win, but a win nonetheless. Bengals are favored by two and a half here. They're at home. A lot of things point their way. But Baltimore is coming off these two losses that I feel like they shouldn't have lost. You know, some interesting play calls by Harbaugh to go for two in these circumstances. I don't agree with it. Of course, the analytics say you should. I'm not a big analytics guy. Like, I think, you know, you tie the game, you go into overtime, you, you play it that way, especially when you got Justin Tucker out there. But nonetheless, I think the Ravens are the better team here. I'm going to take the Ravens. But I'm going to pick Cincinnati, get in two and a half. That number might go up to three. That would, be, that would be perfect. If that goes up to three, I might consider placing a bet on that. But I'm going to take Cincinnati plus two and a half just for, the, just for these picks. And the Baltimore Ravens to win straight up. I think they bounce back and get a big, big win and take control over first place. Next, the Los Angeles Rams at nine and four, taking on the six and seven Minnesota Vikings. Rams are favored by three points here. How do I feel about this? I feel freaking great. <laughs> give me the Rams and give me the Rams laying the three points. I think they're the better team. Obviously, they have injuries there. They don't look the same like they did in the beginning of the season, this and that. But I don't trust Kirk Cousins at all like that. I trust them against bad teams. But we're talking about Kirk Cousins going against a Rams defense. No, thank you. Rams and Rams laying the three. Next. Spicy matchup here. The Buffalo Bills going up to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots. Pats at 9-5. and five, Bills at 8-6. and six. A win by the Bills would have them tied for first place in the division. The Patriots are actually favored in this game by two and a half points. I don't see this. I don't see it happening. Patriots just beat Buffalo in Buffalo. Do we really think they're going to sweep the Bills? That would be insane. I got more respect. For the Bills, I think they, they show up. I think they show up. I think they win this game in Foxborough. I like the Bills. And give me the Bills getting two and a half points, please. Next, Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the New York Jets. 2-12 and 12 going against 3-11. and 11. Now, I talked about the Jets. They put up a good fight against the Miami Dolphins. They got a couple good things working for them. But they do look a mess at the same time. They're at home going against a terrible Jacksonville Jaguars team. I think they are an even bigger mess. I mean, when you see what goes down, what went down with Urban Meyer and the whole situation in Jacksonville, like, that's, that's trouble. I mean, that, that situation makes the Jets situation look okay. <laughs> and now the Jets are at home. They're getting two and a half points. They're favored in this matchup. I like the Jets here. I like the Jets even laying the two and a half. Jets win this game by three or more. Zach Wilson, this is his chance to basically... You know, there's been a lot of talk about him. You know, he shows the flashes, but overall, just kind of a bad performance when you look at the statistics. But this right here, I think, is where I'm going to get a good read on Zach Wilson. Like, I will say, I'll be able to see, like, if you don't do really, really good against this shit team right here, maybe you're in trouble. But I'm going to be paying a close eye and close attention to Zach Wilson and how he performs against this Jacksonville Jaguars team. Next, New York Giants. At 4-10, and 10, taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. This game is in Philly. Philly favored by 10 points. Hefty line for a division rival. You guys know where I'm going. Give me Giants plus 10. 
but give me the Eagles straight up. Next, Carolina Panthers at home taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers put up zero points on Sunday night. When the hell do you see Tom Brady put up a goose egg, especially on primetime TV? Rare, rare. I think it was the first time something I read, a crazy, crazy stat, but I was stunned. No chance Brady doesn't come back with some firepower. Give me Tampa Bay. They're favored by 11 points. Man, should I even lay that 11 right now? Nah, I'm going to say Panthers plus 11, but definitely Buccaneers winning the game, bouncing back. Give me that all day. Next, Los Angeles Chargers sitting at 8-6, and six, taking on the Houston Texans who are 3-11. and 11. I have no spread on this one, which is, I don't know why there's no spread up. I guess because, you know, this NFL season, you know, pushed back with the whole COVID thing. Everything is up in the air, but I like the Chargers here and even laying whatever points they end up giving. So you could book that down. Chargers and laying whatever comes up first. Next, Chicago Bears at 4-9, and nine, taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle's favored by seven points. They're at home. Give me Seattle to win this game and laying the seven. At that beautiful home field that they have, I like the chances there. Love Seattle at home. Give me that. Next, Pittsburgh Steelers, 7-6-1. Jesus Christ. Taking on the Kansas City Chiefs at 10-4. KC's favored by 10 points. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs laying the 10. Kick Pittsburgh's ass. Can't stand Pittsburgh. Go Mahomes. I'm a big-ass Chiefs fan this weekend. Let's go, Chiefs. Next, Denver Broncos, 7-7, seven and seven, taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. This is a game that's basically going to help Miami either way. They need both of these teams to lose, so really interesting here. Las Vegas actually favored by one point here. I am actually going to take the Raiders. I'm going to take the Raiders and lay the one point with Las Vegas. Sunday night football, love when these two play right here. Division rivals, Washington football team taking on the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Dallas is favored by 10.5 points. I'm going with the Cowboys to win this game, but give me Washington plus the 10.5. It's a must win for Washington. I think that pretty much, I think it's definitely, definitely over if they lose. I don't know, maybe, it might be over now, but... (laughs) We'll see. Depends on the Tuesday game, the game tonight. Anyway, Monday, Monday Night Football. Yours truly, Miami Dolphins at 7-7 seven and seven with a six-game winning streak, with Coach Flores turning this thing around, with this defense balling, with Tua balling, with Duke Johnson balling, Devontae Parker balling, Jalen Waddle's coming back, Javon Holland is coming back, Taking on the Saints. Saints are favored by three points. Miss me with that shit. Give me the Dolphins. Give me the Dolphins getting three. You heard it here first. Enjoy the games. Enjoy your Christmas. Happy holidays to everyone. And let's win big. All right, so let's talk some Miami Heat basketball. All right, so your Miami Heat are currently... Sitting at 18 and 13, staying afloat, still the five seed in the Eastern Conference as I'm recording this podcast. Listen, Jimmy Butler, still out. Bam Adebayo, still out. Tyler Hero, missed a couple of games this past week, so he's been out. 
Caleb Martin, who he was doing good, enters health and safety protocol, so he's been out. But credit to this team for still finding a way to compete and pull off wins. And it starts with last Wednesday. Remember, I spoke to you guys on Tuesday. Following day, they played the 76ers. This game was in Philly. And the Miami Heat took care of business, won that game 101-90. to And Philly had everybody. I mean, they had their top guns. They had Maxi, they had Thibault, they had Curry, Embiid, Tobias Harris, Andre Drummond, Shake Millen, you name it. Pretty much everybody but Ben. And the without Jimmy, without Tyler, without Bam, without Martin, without Morris, without Oladipo. I mean, you want to just throw all that out there. They found a way to win, and that was a freaking damn fun game. I always love beating Philly. Like, Philly is the team I hate the damn most in the NBA. I'm sure my listeners know that. So I was freaking excited. I mean, Kyle Lowry only had 14 points that game. He had six rebounds, five assists. You know, obviously, he's the the floor general out there, so what he does is not always on the box score. But Dwayne Dedman stepped up big time, 10 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists. P.J. Tucker, also awesome. You know what he brings to the table, 12 points. Gabe freaking Vincent, though. Now, that's a guy that I'm always kind of really, really hard on this Gabe Vincent kid. Credit to him, man. I mean, 8 of 16 from the floor, 7 of 12 from 3, 26 points as he was in the starting lineup. And then Duncan Robinson chimed in with 21 points of his own. So that's how the Heat started last week. Then they shift things off to Friday, where they beat the Orlando Magic 115 to 105 in Orlando, where Gabe Vincent yet again, another dominant outing. This time he was 10 of 20 from the field, 27 points in the starting lineup. And then Kyle Lowry added 15 assists with 11 points. Nice double-double there. This was a, pretty much felt like a stat-padding game, to say the least. Honestly, I was just happy to see Gabe Vincent ball, and not only Gabe Vincent, but Max freaking Struess, 11 for 15 from the field, eight three-pointers, 32 points, and seven rebounds off the bench. The dude was lights out. This was the Gabe and Max Struess show, and the Heat took care of business, picked up the W, led us to Sunday, where I was just hoping that, you know, the Dolphins won, let's double up and get two Miami sports wins with the Heat winning. This game's in Detroit. We should definitely beat the Pistons. I mean, we had our scare against them earlier in the season where they were pretty much beating us all game, and then we had to pull a game out of our asses to win. So I was like, okay, he got to just take care of business. Like, just get the damn win. It is what it is. And then I saw that they have no Grant, no Kelly O'Linick. And then I was like, okay, we got this. Cade Cunningham, by the way, the number one overall pick, he fouled out this game. And he had four points. You would think we win, right? Not the case. Not the case at all. We picked up the loss 100-90. to The Pistons picked up only their fifth win of the season against us. So, pretty bad way to end off the, the week. Starting it off. But you can't win them all. But nonetheless, I mean, even with your guys like Hero, Jimmy, and Bam. I mean, if you're able to beat Philadelphia on the road. I mean, you got to beat this Pistons team, especially with no Grant. Their number one overall pick, only having four points. I, I was pretty upset. I mean, I'm not going to lie. This is, it was not good. I thought the only guy that played good out there was Kyle Lowry, and he didn't even play great, but he had 19 points, 10 assists, five rebounds. He did his thing. 
And Max Struess, he had 24 points off the bench with 7 of 16. But Gabe Vincent was only 3 for 11, only had 8 points. Duncan Robinson was 2 for 11, 2 of 10 from 3. You can't have that. P.J. Tucker did go down with an injury. Hopefully he's okay. He had 9 points. Dwayne Dedman, 5 of 6, 11 points, 5 rebounds. Could be better, but, you know, these guys are old. And this is what I was talking about, just the lack of depth out here. I feel like a move needs to be made. I don't think we can really stay reliant on on these young guys to continue to have these games. Like, it shouldn't take a Max Struess to have a 30-point game and a Gabe Vincent to have a 30-point game to keep rattling off these wins. So whether it's Oladipo that gets healthy or Tyler just comes back and fixes things or Jimmy comes back real soon, which I'm sure is going to be the case. But nonetheless, I feel like we need to make a move. I feel like we need to make a move. Obviously, I don't think it's necessarily a trade. But picking somebody up, I'm sure there's a valuable free agent that can come in and help our team. Uh, a backup point guard would be great. So you can give Lowry some, a night off here and there. Because Lowry, I mean, you're relying on this guy a lot. I mean, without Jimmy Butler and Bam in the lineup, whether you see Lowry scoring 20 or not, I mean, what we're asking him to do night in and night out without these other two guys there helping him, it's going to take a toll. And this is an older point guard. So hopefully the Heat have something up their sleeves. Obviously, I, I would assume that they're trying to just see how far they can get. There's no time. There's no reason to panic now. It's still early. Like I said, we're in between the top five seeds in the East, so I kind of get it. Maybe Oladipo's the guy. Hopefully, he can get back soon. There's been good news about him. He's been working out you know, before the games. He's been traveling, so that's a, definitely a good sign. But yeah, I just can't wait till this team gets healthy. I mean, it's fun when we win these games without our top guns, but ultimately watching our team as a whole, that's when we really have fun. And we haven't been able to see that, man. And it's a tough watch. So he fans, you know, you guys watching these games night in and night out, I definitely feel the frustration because, I mean, at the end of the day, we like our team. We love our team. We want to see our team win. But it's just not the same. It's not the same without Jimmy. It's not the same without Tyler. It's not the same without Bam and Morris and Oladipo. You know, everything that they sold us on. You know, we're missing out on this. We're missing out on that spark, like that, that spark that hero brings, that, that energy that Jimmy just brings when he steps on the floor offensively and defensively. You know, Bam Adebayo's passion and energy, like all of that, it's, it's definitely missing, but at least we're staying afloat, okay? At least we're staying afloat. We've got a couple more big games this week, starting against the Indiana Pacers. That's going to be tonight, primetime matchup on TNT. Pacers, to me, they're not a good team at all. I mean, they're pretty much up and down, inconsistent. And Rick Carlisle is a new head coach over there. Obviously, they have the rumors about Miles Turner being unhappy and DeMontis Sabonis apparently being unhappy as well. They might look to move either one of those guys or two of those guys. Might be a fire sale. But it's crazy because you look at that team and they got a Malcolm Brogdon, a Karis LeVert. Who else they got over there? Lamb. Sabonis, Turner, you look at that team. They got Duarte. You're like, it's a pretty solid team. But it hasn't been paying off, and they look bad. So I expect the Heat to hopefully win this game. I mean, is Jimmy going to be active? Is, is Tyler going to play? We'll see. I think they definitely need one of those guys to, to be active to win this game. If not, I don't see it. Hopefully I'm wrong. Thursday, we get another crack at these Detroit Pistons again. This time it's at home on Thursday, on my birthday, actually. Uh, 7.30 tip at FTX Arena in Miami. Hopefully the Heat win. Okay, first of all, we lost to the Pistons, so please bust their ass, especially on my birthday. 
The Heat better fucking win on my birthday. I'll be freaking pissed off. Then Sunday, another easy game. We take on the Magic in Miami. We should win that game as well. And then obviously the next week's game, I'll talk to you guys on the next podcast. But it's going to be interesting to see. Hopefully the Heat stay afloat. Just continue to try to buy, buy yourselves time for these guys to get healthy. And hopefully something happens. I mean, we, we need a spark here. Hopefully a nice 3-0 and week. That would be nice. But yeah, the following week after that, big games. We'll be taking on the Wizards, the Spurs on a back-to-back. Those are two tough games there. Obviously, we'll break all that down next time. But yeah, let's see how it goes. Hopefully, the Heat continue to build. Hopefully, Gabe Vincent continues to build. Because hey, I'll admit it. I've been really hard on the kid. But if he can rattle off a couple big games, I'll change my mind pretty quick. All right, so that's a wrap. Episode 49 in the books. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for taking the time out of your day and joining me here, listening to the podcast. I appreciate the support as always. Like I always tell you guys, I'm extremely grateful for all of you guys. Guys, holiday season is here. Christmas weekend. Christmas is this weekend, Christmas Eve. Happy holiday to all of you guys. I hope you have a great time with your family. And we will definitely talk some more Dolphins football, some Miami Heat basketball, and all that fun stuff here next week. Guys, make it a great week. And once again, thanks for listening to the Miami Sports Vibes podcast with Nando Diaz.